Some of you know that I um, used to lead a worship service at St. Luke United Methodist for children. We met for an hour, and we had worship of singing and preaching, and one of the aspects of the worship service was for the kids to share prayer concerns, and then we would pray. Now, we prayed a lot for goldfish who made that eternal voyage down the porcelain throne. We did a lot of praying like that. We prayed a lot for puppies who just mysteriously showed up, and Mommy didn't know how. But these children also would ask us to pray for sick grandparents. And every once in a while that their daddy would find a job. If you had just one prayer request that you could make, what would it be? If you could ask God just one thing, what would you pray for? Think about that for a moment. If you could ask God just for one thing, maybe peace on earth, maybe the end of hunger, maybe the healing of a loved one or the salvation of a family member. See, a few months after Jesus ascended into heaven, And after the Holy Spirit came down upon the disciples on Pentecost, these new Christians found themselves in a tight spot. See, Peter and John had just been arrested by the Jewish authorities. And they were arrested because they were proclaiming and speaking openly that Jesus had risen from the dead. The last time that they remembered a Jewish trial, it ended up with Jesus being crucified by the Romans. So they were nervous. But but since Peter and, and John were so popular among the people, the Jewish authorities let him go. But with a warning, a stiff warning. They said, we're going to let you go, but we want you to stop spreading your dangerous propaganda about Jesus. Don't you tell anybody else that he rose from the dead or you're going to find yourself in real trouble. And so that is where our scripture passage begins today. So if you have a Bible with me, turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 4. I'll begin at verse 23. So as soon as they were freed... This is Peter and John. Peter and John found the other believers and told them what the leading priests and the elders had said. Then all the believers were united as they lifted their voices in prayer. And listen to this prayer. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor King David, your servant, saying, why did the nations rage? Why did the people waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. For that's what's happened here in this city. For Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate the governor, the Gentiles and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed 
In fact, everything they did occurred according to your eternal will and plan. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give your servants great boldness in their preaching. Send your healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this prayer, the building where they were meeting shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached God's message with boldness. Isn't that a powerful prayer? That is one of the very first Christian prayers recorded in the Bible. It's one of the first places in the Bible where we see Christians coming together to pray. See, they had been threatened by the authorities not to tell people that Jesus rose from the dead or they could find themselves thrown in prison or worse. And so they prayed. You know, when we, when we pray for persecuted Christians around the world today, it's normal for us to pray for their protection because we're worried about them. Yet when we look at this prayer from the first generation of persecuted Christians, the last thing they pray for is protection. Listen to verse 29 again. And now, O Lord, hear their threats. Give your servants great boldness in their preaching. They don't pray for protection from the Jewish authorities. They pray for boldness. That they wouldn't be afraid because they weren't going to stop preaching about Jesus. So they prayed for boldness in preaching the message of Jesus. Lord, give us boldness to tell people about Jesus, even if we're put in prison or stoned to death. What a prayer. I don't know about your prayer life, but that prayer puts all the mind to shame. So maybe the next time we pray for the persecuted church around the world, this prayer from the original persecuted church should be our model. Not, Lord, keep them safe, but, Lord, give them boldness to speak up even louder. That's the kind of prayer that we see in Scripture that the ones who were persecuted prayed. See, being a disciple of Jesus isn't about our personal safety. It's about taking risks. The Christian life isn't about comfort in the middle of the road. The Christian life is about being on the fringes and maybe even being called an extremist. Praise be to God if we are. See, the church should never, ever give in to what the godless society around us wants us to say or believe. Like Peter, John, and the other early Christians, we're called to stand against society by boldly proclaiming the truth of Jesus. See, when we do this, we're not just being the church that God wants us to be, we're being the disciples that Jesus calls us to be. I wonder sometimes if, if it's difficult for us to pray for Holy Spirit boldness because our lives are just too comfortable. 
We have too much to lose. We're too in love with all that the world has to offer. I mean, it's easy to roll over and do and believe what society says. It just keeps things calm. Why raise a stink? Just keep it calm. It's a lot easier to do that than to stand boldly like Peter and John did. I mean, my goodness, we might lose our reputations. We might lose our standing in society. Oh, no. What if we were to stand up for Jesus and lose our job? Is Jesus worth that much in our lives? So, after the disciples pray for boldness, in verse 31, we see what happens. After this prayer, the building where they were meeting shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached God's message with boldness. Their prayer was answered. Can you imagine what would happen if we truly prayed for boldness in our faith? Imagine on a Sunday morning if we got together and we prayed and God shook the walls of the building. Some of you are thinking, well, we'd have to call a trustees meeting. Do we believe that God can do that? And maybe what, instead of the walls, God needs to shake our lives. So the disciples preach with boldness, but that's not the end of the story. The end of this story is in Acts chapter 5. You can read it later. It'd be great reading, inspiring reading. So they go out and they preach the message of Jesus with boldness. And guess what? They're arrested again. Just like they knew they would be. And they're locked up in jail. But an angel busts them out. How? I don't know. So instead of saying, okay, we're busted out of jail, let's go home and regroup, they go right back out and they start preaching again. And they were arrested again. Just like they knew they would be. And the Jewish high council were furious How many times do we have to lock you people up? And they wanted to kill them. Let's just kill these people and be done with it. But they decided, well, let's just flog them. And so they tied them to a post and gave them 120 lashes with a three-quartered whip. And the authorities told them, Remember before we said, don't talk about Jesus' resurrection? We don't even want you mentioning his name anymore. Don't even mention the name of Jesus anymore. Forget the resurrection stuff. We don't want that J word heard anymore. So these new Christians, locked up, busted out, locked up, flogged, they're bruised, they're bleeding, Chapter 5, verse 41, what's their response? I know what mine would have been, but listen to what they did. They left the high council, 
rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer dishonor for the sake of Jesus. Praise the Lord, we were flogged. And we were flogged because we said the name of Jesus. Y'all, that's a faith I want to have. And see, I'm not praying for persecution. I'm not. But as we find the message of Jesus increasingly seen as being offensive language in our culture, let's pray for boldness. That we're not going to be quiet because they tell us to be quiet. We're not going to say the name of Jesus because they tell us not to say the name of Jesus. Who are they to tell us? We have a mandate from God himself. Let's pray that we won't keep silent. And listen, if Jesus has truly transformed your life, you won't be able to keep silent about Jesus. Now listen. The message of Jesus Christ is divisive. It doesn't necessarily bring people together. Jesus said it himself in Matthew 10, 34. He said, I've come not to bring peace, but a sword. Now, he wasn't referring to to warfare at all. He's referring to division. Jesus' message is scandalous. Because if you truly embrace his message, you're going to be in the minority. Jesus never ever said, let's just all get along. That should be in my Wednesday night class of things that aren't in the Bible. I've looked at all the red letters and I can't find Jesus saying that. Can't we just all get along Now Jesus said, narrow is the road that leads to life. See, it takes courage to walk in a different way than everybody else. This is not easy. That's why the early Christians prayed for boldness, because they didn't have it. Their boldness wouldn't have been strong enough. They needed Holy Spirit boldness. Jesus calls us to have that same type of courage in our lives. Now, thankfully, we don't have to do that alone. Because notice, in this account of these Christians getting arrested, they weren't alone. They were with someone else. We were created by God to live in community with each other to help each other stay strong and committed in our faith. I mean, this morning, as we shared the Lord's Supper together, my prayer as we share this is that God will give us courage. Through this holy meal, we're reminded that God wants us to be bold in our faith. Not popular. Not popular but bold. And my prayer is that God will continue to unify us in such a way that the Holy Spirit himself is the glue that binds us together as a church so that nothing in this world will ever come between us. 
if the Christians who are alive on the earth today, if all of us had the vision, the passion, the faith, and the courage of this first generation of Christians, the world would look a whole lot different than it does. And may it begin with us. May it begin right here. Let's pray.